I just realised there are the script open. <laughs> I forgot there was a script for this. Um, that's shit, that's saying is in. it? That's saying in. <laughs> I I forgot. I thought we were just like riffing for these, and I, I I'm such oh, an idiot. Wait. You don't need to read anything yet. I'm doing this bit, so you're good. Um, <laughs> that's gonna stay in. She's a stupid person. <laughs> Hello, I'm Anna Bogutskaya. And I'm Clarice Lockery. And this is The Next Supremes, an American Horror Story Rewatch podcast. Today, um, as with our previous coverage of American Horror Stories, we are not rewatching. We're watching Afresh, the new, not so new now, spin-off of the show American Horror Stories. These are now available to watch in the UK and Disney Plus, so we figured we'd pause on recapping American Horror Story Hotel and cover the new spin-off series. We like to be legal where possible. <laughs> We would never actively encourage our listeners to to <laughs> to do illegal things. So we would we were waiting. Yeah. So now good. now they're they're gonna be out on Disney Plus. So now you can all watch them there and then listen to this show. So we're gonna talk about the fourth episode of American Horror Stories, The Naughty List, where a group of bro influencers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We're a group of bro influencers piss off the wrong Santa Claus. <laughs> Already sold. In let's do this. Ready for it. I I know we're not doing um special features or our usual kind of features that we do with our recaps of AHS on these episodes. But as I was making notes of these episodes, I just started renaming them before I saw what the actual titles of the episodes were. So I called this the Bro House. <laughs> the Bro House. I think it's a better name than the Naughty List. I don't know. Because that is the house. That's the name of the... Yeah. So can I add some context to my watching of this episode? I would love to. Please do. I liked it very much because whoever whoever was writing all the references understands YouTube exactly as much as I do. So yes. I understood everything and it made me feel very young and very cool. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I know who Logan Paul is. Yes. Yeah, so what did you think of the premise and how it delivered on it? Because it's essentially both satirizing and really, really understands and rips apart a very particular kind of YouTube influencer culture. Well, I think it's particularly ripping off one incident. And I don't mm -hmm. know if you know, do you know I which do. one it is? I do know about it, but let's refresh for anyone who's not. I Because I, I don't know, we've actually talked about this before, Clarice. Definitely not off air. I am very into YouTube drama. Like, oh, I have, I have watched so many video, like hours long video essays and multiple takes on 
drama that's gone on with YouTubers and influencers. Even though I don't actually watch their content, I love the drama that comes from YouTube influencers. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> tell everybody, what's your favorite tea channel? Who are you watching? Oh, um, it's this guy called Hector on YouTube oh. and you don't actually wait let me pull out the actual like uh name of it so it's not actually a person oh i think they've seen these videos it's like a disembodied voice is telling you the tea with like a little slideshow right yes so it's this voice <laughs> called herman and he does these intensely i think it's actually used um someone records it you can never tell whether it's a man or a woman even though they use the name um herman because they use like a voice alterating a filter or something and they just go very very deep on youtube tea and like why certain youtubers ruin their careers or who they piss off or how what their shtick was and how it evolved or how they degraded themselves and it's it's kind of fantastic it's kind of like like a mix of very in-depth tiktok analysis which i realize is kind of a contradiction in terms in-depth tiktok that's not that's not how tiktok works <laughs> no there could be tea on tiktok I there's think a, I'm watching the wrong TikToks. There's so much tea on TikTok. Also, TikTok drama, whole nother sidebar. Holy shit. Once people get called out on TikTok, the way that they react to things, the stitching, the lives, the apologetic lives, the one with the guy who's like, there's so much, like, there's so many minimists on TikTok and how they get called out by other kind of more liberal TikTokers. Oh, it's, it's a whole subgenre. I've but somehow, I don't even know, because you know TikTok does, you don't, there's no active part in it. Yeah. I've somehow, through my scrolling, become involved, well not personally, but like, I keep getting videos about this, some drama between Trisha Paytas. Yes. And a man called, I think he's called Ethan Klein. And they're very mad at each other, and I can't figure out why. <laughs> well, I accidentally, I got embroiled, not personally, obviously, just as a as a viewer, in a breakup drama between two pretty big tiktokers where i ended up like watching both of their lives i saw all the breakup tiktoks oh my God. the girl made a tiktok on her way to being broken up with she's like i think i'm gonna get broken up with which i can relate to i can relate to it's like just going into a conversation knowing that it's we gonna end badly it. for you and yeah. you're like i'm putting on the makeup that i know is gonna run down my face in like exactly one hour and then all the lives by him and like all the conversation that started about it. And then the the like, oh, we're still friends TikToks. Ooh, the drama. The drama that went on. And with these people who are like in their early 20s, it did make me question my life choice. It's like, why are you so involved with watching these TikTokers break up? Yeah, it's such cursed knowledge. Yeah. But let's talk about the specific YouTuber that is kind of a very direct inspiration for the premise of this episode. Yeah, because in the episode, it's that they film a suicide um, off a, with a bridge. Mm -hmm. um, and a must, which must be a reference to Logan Paul, who went on a trip to Japan and went to the uh, Akira Gara? Is that, I'm sorry if that's the wrong pronunciation, um, 
otherwise known as the suicide forest Mm -hmm. which is a very long history behind um for complex multi-reasons it is uh quite commonplace for suicides to happen and he decided to go i saw a thumbnail of the video and he's like wearing like a knitted ski hat which somehow makes it so much worse yeah and he goes in and and um as does often happen if you go to that forest which is why it is very recommended for you not to do that ever Mm. not even just to go look they came across a body and they filmed it and i don't i haven't seen the video but supposedly i think he was laughing a little bit like you know and then put that video up on youtube (laughs) which is the Mm. problem they put a, a dead person up on youtube um and yeah, there was like a big drama about it. I think he lost a bunch of sponsors, but is somehow still going. And then his brother keeps boxing people, and I don't understand. It's very strange. It's very strange. Logan Paul, like at least, I think he apologized for it, but in that sort of very strange way where you never get the sense that he actually understood what why what he did was wrong yeah he's like i'm sorry that it upset so many people mm. it's like but did you do you understand why it upset people that you, you filmed a person who is dead i was a little bit i didn't know what this episode was going to be about and one of the things i actually really enjoyed about it was how like you said it seems to really understand youtube and influencer culture quite well while also making fun of it i don't think it's coming from a place of oh these like pesky youngsters just filming themselves and putting them on the youtubes and just expecting money they're also entitled it's like no no i think this understands fully that this is a business it's it's a business that's constantly evolving and really really depends on how people interact with the content that you're producing so it's not coming from a place of just like distancing itself and be like oh look at those young youtubers they all suck don't they it's like it understands that this is a a job and all the stuff that they need to create and how how kind of it does mess up with people's minds where they might not be terrible people but they don't fully understand the difference between being a person and being a person online yeah, and I I think it helps that it is because it is, it is satirizing specific people. It's not mm. satirizing YouTube as a concept. Like this episode is not going after like Sophia Nygaard. <laughs> just dropping one person I watch. <laughs> she just films like videos of herself in very long jeans. Um, you know, it's satirizing Logan Paul, like Jake Paul, because the bro house is I'm guessing based off Team Ten. Mm. Um, which is the same situation of a bunch of of YouTubers living in a very large house together, and like, oh. uh, it seems like a cult. I'm just gonna say it. It seems like a cult. Oh, and also, <laughs> and also, Vine House. Like, remember? I mean, obviously, Vine was a yes. precursor to TikTok. Um, but when that exploded for a brief moment in time, a lot of the highest, the kind of the biggest Viners got put together in a house in LA on Vine Street and basically that was a content mine for them and it looked so fucking creepy and weird 
Yeah, and and like they name drop. Yeah, they name drop. I made a note of who they name drop. Logan Paul, mm. PewDiePie, who yeah. obviously the the Nazi thing. Yeah. Um, they say Patrick Star, but I think maybe they mean Jeffrey Star. Cause I don't. Yeah. I tried to look what what Patrick Star did. Um, I know they do they do makeup, but Jeffrey Star has had multiple assault allegations. Yes. Um. So I think it's like knowing, sure, it's not the most in-depth. And I think those references are maybe a little out of date now. <laughs> but you can tell that it's people who are are not, this is not a, a satire of YouTube as a platform or as a genre of a way of making things. It's a specific satirization of the darker aspects of it. Yeah, and especially kind of the bro culture that has found a new a new place really to grow online, because and I think we've we've spoken about my weird obsession with the Duckman on TikTok. Have we spoken oh, about yeah. this? I yeah, think so I I'm both fascinated and repelled by bro culture, maybe because like I just like anything where it's a very specific set of languages and behaviors and rules that are you know the right thing and the wrong thing and i think you get that quite interestingly in the dynamic between the four bros and there's one bro who is like the behind the scenes camera nerdy guy who is not allowed to be a full bro by the other bros also by the way if anyone's keeping track of how many times i say the word bro in this episode let me know how many times it does <laughs> i found that quite interesting because it's like all of these guys obviously very chiseled very beautiful classically handsome like reggie from riverdale yes yeah bless him <laughs> bless him um charles madsen who is fabulous i really like him beautiful man great hair then the fourth one is the one who's like the moral compass and the conscious of it and he's like the tech guy and he's like half a bro not because of his temperament but because the other ones just don't let him be on camera so he's kind of not had the it's like the depersonalization of the internet in a really yeah. extreme form where and i think it's true like i pewdiepie is a good example because i i sort of dipped into his videos like a very long time ago before any of that stuff happened mm. and like i just remember watching one where he was playing a game called octopus dad and it was very funny because it was just very pure and, and nice <laughs> it's just laughing at the silly octopus game and and so it's very interesting to me to look now read all the articles about the things that he's he's done mm. and the attitude that he's taken to that situation where it's like oh yeah it does seem like that seems like a very different person mm. to the person who who was making the videos and I think you can partially argue that what we saw before, what I saw before was him playing a character yeah, and maybe that character dissol has dissolved over time. But I would maybe argue as well that I think the internet does change you as a person and I would argue that the character, what we see now is the character mm, totally, and what was before was maybe a more authentic version. I mean, I don't know, like I'm not an expert on the situation but i was really struck by like reading those those things and going oh i that's the person i remember making a, a stupid like <laughs> video about an octopus game i don't understand how it's the same person well this is the thing that i find very interesting about this episode as well as like how it shows how they lean into certain things in order to satisfy their online audience and like to bring it into context with the duck man that i brought up before it's a guy 
called Tutor and Tony on TikTok, who I became really obsessed with over lockdown because I found it so, it really reminded me of Jackass and that sort of like bro-y dude who just plays pranks and shoots himself shirtless. And his whole shtick was that he had like ducks as pets. It's like, oh, that's adorable. It's like this weird bro who loves his ducks. That's so weird (laughs) and funny. And now it's been interesting, like as TikTok grew as a platform and people have started learning how to monetize it and have massive platforms of like tens of millions of people following them. He is like really lent into showing how his content is made and moving into YouTube And I'm like, okay, okay, none of this is that funny anymore. But now it's just a sociological experiment to see where it goes. And it's this idea of like them showing themselves like playing quite cruel pranks and being really dismissive and aggy towards the people who are making their stuff. So like this TikToker and his entire family now works for him, basically. And you see so much again, very manufactured footage of sort of him playing pranks on his sister, who's his assistant, or seeing how the biggest TikToks that he makes are made behind the scenes. And you're like, okay, this is both a lot of work. And also you're leaning into what you think the audience wants to see from you, which went from you just sitting around flexing your muscles with your very cute ducks (laughs) to now you essentially making like weird semi-pornographic TikToks with ducks. I'm like, I don't, oh, I don't know where this is going. (laughs) Also, the fact that he used not to like harp on about glass animals again, because we went on for like half an hour about that in the last episode, (laughs) but he used a glass animal song. I was like, I don't understand why this has come full circle. I need to put my phone down. Well, I think there's a good example of that in this episode when mm. there's a scene where they go to the, this is where they first like meet the Santa, killer Santa. Oh, yes. <laughs> and they go to the Santa's village. I mean, what is it? The place where you go to meet Santa at the mall. Yeah. And they start, they start harassing that woman who's working as the elf and it, it gets very sexual, really, just really creepy, very fast. Mm. And you know, it's interesting because the they're not really acting as themselves in that. If there was not a camera there, they would not be treating that woman like that. Yeah. You know, not to say that they they're like they'd be feminist allies going, Yes, Queen mm. <laughs> Employment <laughs> Get those equal rights. You know, but that I think when you look at these real life figures like the the Paul brothers and PewDiePie and mm-hmm. and um I already run out of people. Tana Monjo, I can't remember her last name. Um, <laughs> it, I think it's it's interesting that it's the constant acceleration because mm. it's it's like they these people always start off very differently in their videos. Yes, um, and because certain bad behaviors will be rewarded, then it they chase that monetization until it absolutely corrupts them as a person mm-hmm. and then they just become monsters and that's why we have these like very famous social media influencers now who just say do do and say the most atrocious things and it's like mm-hmm. it's interesting because the you know mainstream media really like to hold those examples up of like look how fucked up like that generation is they have no respect mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like well it's not really that no it's 
the internet does that to everybody mm-hmm. you know it's the same with like is the same with media commentators you know like these katie hopkins type people you know she she they never kind of start out like that it always mm. just gets worse and worse because they get rewarded for the behavior and that's not to say that you know once she was like magically not racist and she became racist like it's that it's like feeding the darker parts and that gets bigger and bigger and bigger and then you just have a full-blown monster yeah um and i yeah i like i like how it's in this episode and it's it's not overly done but there's like subtle examples of it the differences between who they are off camera and on camera yeah is quite stark one of the other things that i really liked about how they played into the queer baiting um aspect of it because they once they start losing followers to the point where they're like their livelihood is at risk which is another aspect that i really like it's like this is quite a like a business there are numbers, there are KPIs, there are levels, there are tiers, there's money involved. Like, they are worried about their income. Um, it's not about fame. It's about growing their business, which is their online versions. And they pivot. They try to pivot to essentially queer baiting because they're, like, all hot, like, super jacked bros. And they do this, like, really... They constantly want to go like a little bit queer but not not so much that no, any no, no. of them <laughs> any of them could possibly mis misconstrued as being gay or bi and they do that thing but like where <laughs> where reggie from riverdale just turns to the camera it's like no homo though Aww. oh he's my like God. i want to fuck you in the ass no homo <laughs> <laughs> oh let me lick this ice cream off your chiseled hard abs my friend no homo though Click, click, click. <laughs> I, yeah, I like that. It was like very, a very American horror story, like really over the top. But yeah. Good way to satirize that. But it's a really valid point, And it's a thing that exists a lot, not just in like pop culture, but specifically in, in YouTube and online culture. It's like you are actively queer baiting and but absolutely cannot you know, have like, not to say that YouTubers are all homophobic necessarily, but there is that thing of like, you're trying to, like, I yeah, you're trying to attract a certain audience while n- completely not understanding the ramifications of what you're doing or cynically understanding them and mishandling them. And it goes back to a bit of the depersonalization thing of like, people will like try and present a different sexuality to the world because they think it will get clicks you know Mm. it's like the complete loss of who that person is you know especially yeah that like when it's someone who is is homophobic or slightly homophobic is queer baiting like you know it's like to the point that they don't you know like it's like their own morals which obviously the morals are fucked up but they're they're kind of um ignoring their own morals the thing that I also found very interesting about this episode is how, so this is the fourth one, it's probably so far the most violent one of them. Like, what did you think of the gore? Because Danny Trejo, hey, come on. <laughs> ah, so I love, I love him. I love him. 
he's and amazing. he's so game for everything and he's such a perfect pick for the american horror story universe because mm-hmm. like he just goes you know full-blooded for every single role um and i think him having the him like him being there you had to go full violent completely outrageous sort of i loved the mortal combat style ripping the spine out <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, because it's it's schlocky, it's sort of B movie ish. Like the effects, obviously, on a TV budget, so they, you know, it doesn't mm. look super realistic, but it's it's fun. And I think, I think that feels like a response to to like the actor that they've cast mm-hmm. in a way. I love it. It's so. It almost kind of reminded me a little bit of like, like those kind of throwaway 1980s slashers where you get a very basic premise, which is just a whole bunch of hot people, in this case, hot bro YouTubers, and then you kill them in really elaborate ways. And like the last shot of the film being all their different body parts used as Christmas decorations. Yes. <laughs> I also love it. I don't know if this is an intentional reference, mm. but um, she also say the the slightly nerdier guy is played by Kevin McHale from Glee. He played Artie in Glee. I never watched Glee. I didn't um, know who that is. But good for he him. Was the, he was the character who was in the wheelchair. Like, sorry, I know that's a really reductive way to describe his character, but um, that's what most of his storylines unfortunately revolved around because mm. the writing was not always good. <laughs> uh but yeah it's great to see him back like you know i i would be very understanding if he never wanted to do another ryan murphy project again after glee um but it's great that he came back yeah and and oh yeah (laughs) and i i the scene where he's trying to type for help where he's getting murdered he's trying to type a comment on his live stream is that a reference to like season one of Scream Queens when Ariana Grande <gasps> is being murdered and she writes, I love this scene. She I writes that it. tweet where she's like, help. Yeah. I'm getting murdered right now. Hashtag. Hashtag. <laughs> and then she no dies. Stops. She dies and then she like undies long enough to hit send. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's. It's so iconic a scene, and I feel like that must be a reference because it was so similar. I mean, I find that this whole season of American Horror Stories is extremely self-referential, so I would not be surprised if that is in fact a reference to another Ryan Murphy show. Yeah, and before we wrap up, kind of, what do you think of the the return to the murder Santa? plot which also comes up in American Horror Story Asylum obviously although there the murder Santa is a serial killer played by Ian McShane well I was a little bit confused because I I'm guessing it's not the same character right I think not because I think the implication is that this Santa is like somehow a like a mildly supernatural Santa perhaps oh because he doesn't because it's Danny Trejo like no because like he uploads <laughs> um he uploads and reuploads like the the video of the murder of um oh of Reggie's character I keep calling him Reggie his name is Reggie, not Reggie Reggie from Riverdale <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so like there's like mildly supernatural winks, I think. As to oh, how I thought he... he just had access. I thought he'd broken into their YouTube account. Right? But we don't yeah, but we don't really Yeah, but then like they like the, You he... can do that from a phone. I know he uploads that stuff and then they take it down and then he uploads it again and then there's like another sort of live stream of one of the murders that he does while he's doing the killing. So I, I read it a little bit supernatural. Interesting. Maybe. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I yeah, it was a little bit... This is, a, I think, the slightly confusing thing about this show is I'm I'm not quite sure whether these stories are meant to be in canon or not, which I know doesn't mm. really matter because this isn't the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is. I, I don't know if there's meant to be a connection or if this is just a different Murder Santa story because Murder Santa stories are quite, you know, quite, quite common. common. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that we can only have one murder Santa in all of American Horror Story. Well, maybe he'll come back in the next season of American Horror Stories. Please come back. Especially Danny the Danny Trejo version. Maybe, I love him. maybe he could meet the Ian McShane version. <gasps> Travel back in time. Like Alien vs. Predator. Yes. Yeah. Two Santas. <laughs> it's murder v. Santa. Yeah. That's not even funny, but I thought it'd be funny. Let it be Santa. Uh, Cause of death, Santa. <laughs> Before we wrap up our conversation about this episode, who would you put on your naughty list? Who would I put on my naughty list? Oh, I'm trying to think of a fun answer that's not just like, you know, unpopular political figure. <laughs> Which YouTuber would you put on your naughty Which list? YouTuber. You know what? I don't really watch YouTube anymore. I sort of stopped when, when Jenna Marbles left because I, I really liked her stuff. Um, mm. Very understanding of why she left. Um, um, who do I really dislike on YouTube? Oh, you know who from TikTok I would put on the naughty list? And this is not to put this person on blast because they've done nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just can't stand their videos for some reason. <laughs> um, there's, some, there's this woman on TikTok whose whole shtick is that she pretends to be a celebrity being interviewed. And it's like every video is like like you know like she imagines it's a press junket situation and she'll be talking about an imaginary movie and i don't know why i just like i'm trying to figure out if i can block her because i don't want to watch these videos anymore <laughs> and she's not again she's not doing anything wrong <laughs> yeah but it's, it's just not for you. it's driving me up the wall because it's like i maybe because like I have been the interviewer a bit of those situations and mm. it's like it's they're just celebrities are just people <laughs> like I don't know why you're just pretending to be it's like when I was a child and would practice my Oscar speech in front of the mirror but if I put that on TikTok but you wouldn't right because that's a weird no. thing to, is that a yeah. weird thing to i feel like it's kind of a weird thing to do and it's very non you know it's a completely harmless thing i'm not trying to like rage on this woman 
<laughs> don't want to be mean, but I can't, I can't do it anymore. I don't, I don't want those videos. <laughs> so I would put her on the naughty list, not because she's done something wrong, but just maybe like, I could not have to see those videos anymore. <laughs> so you just want to, you want to trick the algorithm. It's basically because I don't know how to block people on TikTok. Yeah, I don't think you can. You just have to not engage with their content and then maybe they'll but disappear eventually. I don't, eventually. And they just keep coming. <laughs> <laughs> how about you? <laughs> I would put Sean Dawson on my naughty list. Oh, that's a good pick. Again, some of the juiciest YouTube drama that you can find yourself falling to a rabbit hole about. So seek out Uncle Herman's videos about Sean Dawson, Shane Dawson, because that man is a huge piece of shit and has been Yay. for the better part of a decade. He was one of the original kind of YouTube stars slash influencers. So he's been around for a very long time. And he's like, I think, been maybe not fully responsible, but at least like done some weird shit with younger YouTubers as well. Oh, dear that like involve kind of abusing his his position and the and the power of his channel and all of that so he's uh he's a very weird toxic interesting person to whose rise and fall has mirrored the evolution of youtube in many ways i will make a recommendation based off that there was somebody who i think was like briefly in that social circle but is not anymore presumably because of that <laughs> Oh my god, are you talking about Bobby Burns? No, it's somebody called, I think he's called Garrett Watts. Okay, I don't know who that is. He just is very pure and enjoys Harry Potter and and he just collects like wands Mm -hmm. and all his videos are like, I like his videos because they feel like the inside of my brain Mm -hmm. because it's like, (laughs) he'll be shown a room tour of his house and it's like, here's my friend, it's a little tiny baby doll. (laughs) that is haunted um but they're also my friend um and then this is like it's a very long video about a cricket that was in the light and he tried to make friends with it and he like made a little house for it and and came the cricket food and then they were gone in the morning (laughs) and it was heartbreaking you know like i like that vibe of youtube video yeah i made friends with a cricket (laughs) yeah (laughs) and here's my gundam robot there you go. <laughs> well, that's the way to end. Um, Sorry. We will, oh. we will be back at some point next week. I feel very wary of committing to... Um, It will be Wednesday, probably. But it's been a really busy time. And there's a lot of American Horror Story content coming out. A lot of Ryan Murphy content coming out. And a lot of horror content coming out. So It's a panini. Yes. We're in a panini. Please forgive us. Also deadlines. But in the meantime, send us your thoughts on Twitter. You can follow us at the Next Supremes Pod and let us know what you think of this episode of American Horror Stories. Uh you can find me on Twitter at Anna B. Demented. And I'm at Clarice Lou. Let me know if you've seen that woman on TikTok. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm scared now that I'm the only one. She's just haunting me. <laughs> 